You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadab. Well, uh, we're going to stick with the plan. Today we are going to look at the second half of the Packers-Giants game. I haven't, I thought about should I watch it first. No, nope, we're, we're going to do kind of live reaction, I guess. Um, again, kind of a brief recap of yesterday. Things looked good, obviously not perfect. I mean, I don't think you can expect perfect. I'm guessing you take the uh, Buffalo Bills game or pick, you know, the most dominant game of the week, probably can find a couple errors mixed in. But the point is, good but could be a lot better, especially on offense. Defense was just a you know a handful of mental breakdowns, usually by like one guy. Again, that's first half. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot more than that in the second half. Um, and offensively, if I had to pick one person to pick on, probably Rodgers a little bit, mostly just because if he makes a slightly different decision, and granted, if the offensive line blocked a little bit better, he wouldn't. we wouldn't even have to discuss it. He would have thrown two touchdown passes instead of the two field goals. Also, John Runyon, come on, man. <laughs> but anyways uh i'm also gonna pull up just so i can have a better idea of things i'm gonna pull up a um a play-by-play just so i can keep up so i know the down and distance because again the all 22 doesn't tell me that information but as long as i have this up with me i can kind of go play-by-play to give you a little bit of an idea of down and distance and whatnot Packers again kicking off. Again, Dallin Levitt's first down the field. You know who the other guy is that I've seen a couple times getting the fastest down the field is Shamar Jean Charles. You'd always assume it's just a straight foot race. It's going to be the 40-time guys, but um, I've seen Rudy. For the, I think the first game I watched Rudy Ford was down there all the time. One of the games, it was always Shamar. This time, it seems to be Dallin Levitt. It's kind of weird. But just so we're clear, Packers are kicking off. This is uh, first drive by the Giants. And they drive from the 35 all the way down to the 19 and kick a 37-yard field goal. And like I said, that Rashawn Gary sack is one of the more critical plays, I think, in this game. Because first play of the second half, Rashawn Gary gets a sack. It's nullified. I think I've been blaming Razul Douglas. It was actually Darnell Savage. Think how that would set the tone for the second half. And I'll be honest, watching it live, man, that is the flimsiest. You know, here, here's my issue. When, when they show the replay in slow motion and you can see like the, oh, there's the grab and you can see the slight pull. When you watch it live, my biggest question is, did it really impede what he was doing? He was able to run his route and he was open. He ran his route. If you didn't see Darnell Savage, you wouldn't be like, dude, what the heck happened? There was like this weird jerky motion. You would never have even noticed. Same thing with like offensive hold. Well, his arm is around him. Okay, but he, he ran kind of unimpeded. In order for there be a, to be a holding, you should be impeding the progress you know i should be able to see you getting pulled and in when you watch it live it's so rich so what if his hand was on him he ran his route he's he's open he's wide open 
if we're going to get on Savage for something, how about getting beat on the route, not holding? This sack should have stood. If you're a referee and you see a guy run his route unimpeded, just because you, well, I saw his jersey get pulled a little bit, who gives a crap? If he gets pulled off his route, fine, throw the flag. If the dude pulls right through it, leave it alone. And yeah, that was sheer force of will from Rashawn Gary just beating, and he beat the left tackle. That's that's not only the only competent guy on their offensive line, that's, according to PFF, the number one tackle in football. I don't know if he still is after this game, but um, everybody else got beat. Kenny got beat, Dean got, I shouldn't necessarily say beat, but they weren't going to get to the quarterback, not even close. So yeah, that, that ticks me off. Rashawn got a sack. They took that away from him. They took away the moment. I mean, it was a it was a 10-yard loss. It was going to be second and 20. And almost almost assuredly, we're getting off the field. Because now they're going to drop back and pass. We're going to bring the pressure. It's it's game over. They're going to end up punting. The momentum would have been 100% in our... Man, I'm, that just... Who is that ref? I'm just going to kick him in the neck. Why do you have to interject in everything? Next play is a run play right up the middle. And it's one of those where it's like, I think it's Jaron Reed's fault. It's a five-yard carry, so I mean, it's not the end of the world. But in terms of who could have done a better job, it's, it's right between Reed and Kenny. But it's also one of those where you're just thinking, I, I, okay, I guess that was, could have been played a little bit better, but I don't know too much of what, what else could have happened. Jaron Reed ultimately did a good job of being able to get off his block and prevent this from being a much bigger play than it otherwise would have been. So whatever, it's five yards. Next play is a run that was actually beautifully executed. They only gained two yards, but Dean again holds his ground. Preston holds his ground. Kenny actually blows up the hole he's supposed to run through and compresses. So all he does is kind of dig in behind his tackle and push. And unfortunately, a zero-yard gain went for two yards because they were allowed to push, which is a little frustrating. And again, Quay Walker, very frustrated that he has no intention of being aggressive and attacking. And I, I don't know if it's what he's being coached to do or if it's just his own personal decision. But he, the, the offensive lineman is going up to the next level and he has no intention of trying to get around him to push him and make sure that he you know can kind of collapse what he's trying to do. He stands there and lets the offensive lineman get on him and then he just reaches his arms out and hopes that if he sneaks through the defensive lineman, hopefully I'll be able to shed the, ta- the, the block and make a tackle for like a six-yard gain. I don't know why. This is, this is what a lot of people are talking about, playing to not get beat. I'll happily concede the first down and a big yard uh, yardage play so long as they don't get that 20, 30-yard play on me. I don't get that. But anyways, third and three. Got an opportunity to get off the field here, right? The, the stupid penalty took us out of it, but we're still in a good position here. And if you want to see an example of standing in the pocket and delivering a pass, this, this is exactly it. This is the pass that I don't think Aaron Rodgers throws. Because first of all, his guy isn't even where he needs to be yet. He's not where he's supposed to be in his progression. Jair is standing right over the top of him, and a guy is bearing down unblocked on Daniel Jones. He stands there and throws the ball where it needs to be. Of course, the Packers defense is playing um, about four yards behind the sticks. So when Jair tries to close on him, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be a first down anyways, on top of the fact that Jair misses the tackle. But once again, can we get up on these guys? Can we press up? It's, It's three yards for a first down and we're going, they didn't even try to run play action, which means our pass rush was very likely going to get there. They didn't even try to fake us out. So uh, our guys were just hunting. And guess what? They got there. But in two seconds, he's able to deliver a pass to a guy who's open two, three yards beyond the sticks. I just struggled to understand how that was going to beat anything. You're you're playing that level of defense as though it's like third and 10 and you stand at 10 yards and you're willing to give up anything underneath because once you tackle them, it's fourth down. That's kind of what they were doing, except they were standing three yards behind the sticks. 
So, okay. And then, you know, they had linebackers in front of them, but they got they got washed away instantly. They're following guys out, so that got cleared out immediately. Somebody comes in behind. I I don't know. That play was dead from the start. The only thing that could have happened was a sack in about one second instead of 1.5 seconds. It was Jaron Reed that got there, by the way, just pushed him straight out to the side and blew up Daniel Jones, but doesn't matter. Stood in the pocket, took the hit, delivered the pass right with Jair just bearing down on it. I mean, if, if Jair launches himself a second, the, the, the still shot that I have now looks like Jair could have jumped it. And if Jaron Reed wouldn't have got there, uh, Rashawn was about to get a sack. Just, it, it's this stupid game of inches nonsense, and, and we just keep losing the inches. You know what I mean? Jair is inches away from making an interception, inches away from making a tackle, doesn't get the interception, doesn't get the tackle. Jaron Reed is inches away from getting a sack, doesn't get the sack. They won the inches all the way across the board. Inches away from making a tackle, doesn't make the tackle. He runs for several more yards, comes out to a 14-yard completion. So if I have to put that on someone, I'm putting that on Joe Barry. The play that they called was never going to lose. Again, we got instant pressure, and they were able to complete a first down. Next play, they run play action. All of our guys bite on it real hard. He's got a massive pocket, and to make things work, once our guys come free, they don't even try to go after Daniel Jones because they, they think for some reason it's a screen. I think it might have been Reed had a clear shot. He probably wouldn't have got there in time anyways, but he had a clear shot, and he just starts doing that thing where he's standing there with his arms out playing goalie, like, oh, what are we doing? It's annoying. And again, I, I it's one of those things that I just don't know how or what we're supposed to do. A guy runs across Darnell Savage's face. Maybe he should have left earlier, should have recognized it sooner, should have taken a better angle. I don't know. But he's just running across the formation in front of Savage, who's standing still, and it becomes a foot race that we're going to lose. He's about four yards away from him running a dead sprint to a wide open area in the field. Again, when I look at this stuff, it's not just a matter of who is to blame, but who would have done better? What would a better safety have done in that spot? We see that all the time with like linebackers and stuff. You're standing still and somebody's coming at a dead sprint. And and the thing is, he's running. So if you're Darnell Savage, you're facing the quarterback. The receiver is to your left, toward the boundary. He's running in a straight line and then he cuts across your face. So you have to now go from zero to accelerate toward him, but he's already passed you. And by the time he crosses your face, basically the ball's already out. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation. Give me the best safety in the, in, in the game right now and tell me how he plays that, because I, I don't know what he's supposed to do. I mean, maybe if he just guesses and starts running, but if he just keeps running straight, what the heck are you doing? Why are you running toward the middle of the field? So again, it, it feels like that play was kind of, you know, Coach Hahn and, um, and Sam Holman at one point were doing what we called... Uh, I think Chalk Wars on my YouTube channel, and they would just draw plays, and then they would assess once it was done what the plays were and who would have won based on what was called. The last two plays looked like we were we lost as soon as the play was called. It was just the right offensive play against our defense. That's all I can. That's the only conclusion I can come to. You can blame Savage, Savage if you want, but you have to show me what the guy did wrong because I don't know what he's supposed to do in that spot. Next play is a big run up the middle for five yards, and again, this has to be on Quay. It's very simple. Again, it's our defensive tackle, then you have a center, then you have a guard, then you have our defensive tackle, which leaves a very clear gap. You know who's standing in that gap? Quay Walker. He's off the ball, but that's that's where he needs to be. The exact same thing happens again. They block Slayton to the left, they block Dean Lowry to the right, and then they plan to run right through that gap that's there. Quay Walker's supposed to fill. He doesn't. He stands right where he is. Offensive lineman goes up, blocks Quay. Quay's not even moving. He's not trying to push. He's not trying to get to that gap. To make sure nothing happens, nope, he's just going to stand there. Fortunately, TJ Slayton is able to beat his guy, but the gap is so massive that he can't even tackle him in the gap, in the hole that was created. 
because the hole's too big. So Saquon just goes to the far side of the hole, and, and he slips through Slayton's arm. Fortunately, Darnell Savage comes up, fills the hole that Quay Walker's supposed to be in, and tackles Saquon from behind. If Savage, if, if, if Wyatt doesn't get a little bit of a hand on him and Savage doesn't come in and just blow this up, this is a massive play, potentially a touchdown. Amos is the only guy there to beat. Quay is, is useless in this play. He, he may as well not even have been on the field. I don't know what he's doing. That's clearly his gap. That's clearly his assignment. And he just stands there. Aren't you supposed to read that and see that they're trying to run right through that gap and say, hey, that's my gap. I need to get up there. He doesn't. He doesn't move. He just stands there and engages with the offensive lineman and gets into this tussle where we lock horns and he goes, I bet you can't move me. And he really doesn't. But it doesn't matter because you're useless. Congratulations on not really being able to be moved by an offensive lineman. That's pretty impressive. But you also can't make a tackle, can you? So what are you doing? So Slayton made a a decent enough play as best as he could. Dean kind of got washed out, which made that gap as big as it was. And Quay played no role whatsoever. Next play again, Slayton makes an absolutely just dominant, dominant play. The guy actually splits a double team, swims around one, comes underneath the other one. Both offensive linemen are past him, falling to the ground as he's bursting through. Dean's holding his own. Quay again is right in the gap, but refuses to come forward. Guess what happens? One of the guys that's double-teaming Slayton goes up to the next level and blocks Quay. He had time. This this is what I'm talking about, though. This is the problem. In plays like this, when you're trying to double-team Slayton, it takes the offensive lineman a minute to disengage from that block and get up to the next level. If he shoots the gap, the offensive lineman misses him entirely. But he's standing there. He just stands from wherever he's standing when the, when the ball snapped, that's where he is by the time the offensive lineman gets to him. He doesn't move. He just stands there. And he's so worried about something, you know, what if it's a what if it's a trick play? What if Daniel Jones keeps it? What if what if what if what if what if what if? And so you stand there and you get blocked and you're you're useless. Fortunately, again, Slayton breaks a double team, jumps midair and tackles Saquon. Dean also kind of he's getting pushed a little bit, but he gets off his guy. He's there. Kingsley and Igbare is there to make a play. Quay Walker, not there. But whatever. Five yard run, one yard run. It's third and four, right? They're on our 30-yard line, but we got an opportunity to get off the field. Next play, this is, this is Quay Walker's opportunity to shine because this is a designed quarterback run. Saquon Barkley runs in motion. Devondre Campbell follows him. Daniel Jones drops to pass and immediately starts to run forward. That's Quay's, that's his whole thing is I refuse to bite on anything because maybe Daniel Jones is going to keep it. Unfortunately, Quay drops like five yards in coverage once he realizes that it's a pass. And so as soon as Daniel Jones takes off and he tries to, Go get him, it's too late. First down, Daniel Jones, six-yard pickup. Next play, they try to run again, and again, Slayton is just an absolute freaking monster. You know, the other thing that bothers me is they're, they're deliberately running at Quay Walker every play. They've been running at the gap that Quay Walker's in two plays in a row. Then they run that sneak. Then Quay and Devondre switch places. From the offensive perspective, Quay has been on their right side the whole time. Now he switches to the left side. He's standing in a gap, and they run right to where Quay is. Maybe it's a coincidence, but I, I'm starting to wonder if that's not the case. Either way, it doesn't matter because Slayton takes his guy and pushes him all the way across the line, and they're trying to do that double-team thing again. They're trying to double up Slayton, and then the left guard moves up to the next level where Quay Walker is, and that's you know, and then the, the tackle walls off Preston. But again, Slayton says, not going to happen, pushes his guy basically into, into Preston, Behind that is Kenny, so you know what's embarrassing, too? The two guys that are getting double teams, Slayton and Kenny Clark, get through those double teams. The two linebackers are useless. Both linebackers got blocked. 
by one of the guys that was double teaming Slayton and one of the guys that was double teaming Kenny because they're able to get off and engage with the linebackers and just completely erase them from the play. What I see when we're on offense and other teams try to do this stuff is it's really, really hard to get to the linebackers. It's really, really hard. They're way too fast. You're an offensive lineman. You can't catch them. They're too fast, and then if you get up there, they're too slippery. Sometimes they'll just run right around you. I've never seen on any team other than the Green Bay Packers linebackers that just stand there and let you get to them. I've never seen that. Giants don't do it. Patriots don't do it. Saints don't do it. Bucks don't do it. Bears don't do it. Every team that I've watched, the only linebackers that stand there and wait for you to come block them is the Packers. Anyways, Preston beats his guy. Slayton beats two guys. Kenny beats two guys, and they blow up the play. Don't even need linebackers when you got defensive tackles as good which is good because we don't have linebackers. So that play goes for no yard. Second and 10, all right? Now we're kind of getting somewhere. Now we can do this. We're, we're doing stuff. Shotgun, Saquon's to his left. Four wide receivers. Feels like a passing situation. Go get them. Corners are pressed up. We got Stokes and Jair tight to the line of scrimmage. Feels like a good situation. And it actually was. It was the perfect play call. If, if you, They ended up blitzing um, Quay Walker. Now, Quay is one of the worst blitzing linebackers in football. Like I said, linebackers generally 20% of the time they'll get to the quarterback. I don't think Quay has a pressure all season, maybe one. But what it does do is for whatever reason, the tackle thinks he's got help off the edge or whatever. He takes Quay Walker. Preston comes free. And so what happens? He has to deliver immediately. He throws the ball. Amos is crashing down. This is going to get blown up for maybe a one-yard game. Unfortunately, Amos misses the tackle. So finally, we get a good play call from Joe Barry, right? It's, it's a passing play. We're going to bring pressure. We're going to bring an extra blitz. We're playing tight to the line of scrimmage, so they shouldn't be able to execute these quick passes. And if they do, it was a great decision by Daniel Jones, right? The, the, the slot guy runs to the outside because he's not going to have somebody pressed on. But Amos reads it perfectly, crashes down. If we just had execution, this goes nowhere. But a one-yard gain turns into a seven-yard gain. Instead of third and nine, it is now third and three. Then fortunately for us, saved by the penalty, Bred, Ben Bredesen, Gets a false start. They again try to uh, do a design quarterback run. It would have gone for a lot of yards, but Rashawn Gary's way too good. He gets off his blocker, tackles Daniel Jones. And, and, and again, that's the situation, right? It's, it's Every play doesn't come down to 11 guys. Most plays, what I've learned from watching the All-22, comes down to about two or three guys on each side of the ball. Everybody else is just kind of there. And man, Rashawn makes a great play because they're, they're running a play action, first of all. So it looks like a handoff. The running back runs through that gap. Quay thinks it's a pass now, so he starts backing off. And Rashawn Gary is trying to get around the outside, so there is a massive gap for him to run through. And the only guy that can make a play, really, is Quay Walker, and he's about to get blocked by the running back, meaning Daniel Jones is free to run until he gets to the safeties. Rashawn somehow, in a split second, recognizes that he's going to run. I don't know how he knew that. I have no idea how he did it. But the second Daniel Jones even flinched, Rashawn goes from the outside to the inside and makes a play. And again, if he doesn't make that play, it's a first down. One guy. Preston's on the field, doesn't matter. He, he's nowhere. There's four, five, six, seven guys on this field that have no ability to make a play. So the two or three guys that are there that are able, Jaron Reed, Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, maybe Devondre Campbell, those are really the only four guys that have the ability to prevent this from being a first down. So biggest issues on that drive, in my opinion. Quay Walker serves no purpose on this defense. Joe Barry's play calling is a problem. At least two big completions, I'm looking at that going, I don't know what anybody could have done better. That was the right offensive call against our defense. And we can, again, we can blame Savage because he was the guy that was closest to him when he caught it. But that play was doomed. Both of those plays were doomed. 
And then there was an additional play by Amos that was just a missed tackle. And and Jair had a missed tackle as well that that could have prevented further damage. So Quay needs to be more aggressive because they're picking on him right now. We need better fundamentals, tackling. And Barry needs to not play. I, I hate to just repeat talking points, but stop playing soft. Every time we play soft, it's a big completion. Every time. Anyways, Packers are now on uh, offense. They They don't completely stall out. They drive down the field, get down to the 42-yard line before they uh, unfortunately have to punt. And the only reason they're punting instead of kicking a field goal is because they took a six-yard sack on third and eight, which is my, I swear that's my least favorite thing in the world. You're just in field goal range. The only thing you can't do is take a sack. I feel like back in 2018, that was automatic. Automatic. Me and Blaine used to say that Mike McCarthy is going to call the third down sack play every single time. It'd be third and two from the 36-yard line. We would, we would call four, just four goes, all go, man. Just everybody run deep down the field. Sure enough, sack. Out of field goal range. Drove me nuts. But the first play is actually a beautiful play. Real good blocking, and there's really only two guys running around. It's Christian Watson and it's Alan Lazard. And again, utilizing Christian Watson's speed. I don't know route combinations or what these things are called. Don't know, don't care. But it's almost like running two post routes, but Christian runs it at a steeper angle. And the point of that is, He's going to carry his corner and the safety away. Lazard is going to come underneath, and as long as he can beat his guy, he's got green grass in front of him. So Christian Watson is using his speed to clear out all the green grass in front of Alan Lazard. He does that perfectly. The safety has to stay back because of Christian Watson. They're in man coverage. And by the way, this is why just playing man across the board is, there's a lot of ways to just beat it, and we just beat it. And Christian Watson really helps with that, not just because he can run past guys, but he's so good at just clearing everybody out. Safeties have to just pay attention to Christian because you can't get beat by the deepest guy and he's always going to be the deepest guy. So beautiful 17-yard completion to Alan Lazard. Again, blocking was good. Yash was kind of getting beat a little bit, but good enough. Next play is a three-yard gain and uh, pretty sure Royce is the problem with this play. Pretty clear blocking across the board. The center, uh, excuse me, Royce is taking Dexter Lawrence. John Runyon has number 71. Josh Myers, who's in between those two guys, gets up to the next level to get the linebacker. Because he doesn't have to do that whole double team thing, he gets up there relatively easily. However, just a, a, a note for Quay Walker, the linebacker takes off running laterally, which makes it hard for the offensive lineman. So what he does, actually, he pops him real hard, but he can't engage with him. So he kind of gets hit a little bit, plants his feet, gets, gets his feet back, and is able to rebound, and now he's not being blocked. He has nobody in front of him. He's free. So Josh Myers does a decent job of at least hitting him a little bit. But had Royce been able to block and he goes through that hole, the linebacker's still going to be able to make a play. He's not standing there. He's running laterally and challenging our center, our offensive lineman, to be able to reach him. You know, in other words, get out in front of me where I'm running. And if you can't, you can hit me all you want. I'm still going to make a play. Fortunately for Josh Myers, the linebacker wasn't able to make a play because Aaron Jones had to turn around and go back the other way because Royce got beat by Dexter. Then you got a sandwich between Dexter the guy that was being uh, blocked by Mercedes on the edge, and that linebacker actually did get in and get a piece of it. So again, primarily Royce's fault, but Josh Myers didn't do a good enough job blocking the linebacker. Again, because the linebacker just took off running. Just run. Go somewhere. Do something. Next play, they tried to take a deep shot to Romeo Dobbs, which is actually really impressive because again, there's that whole question of will he target the rookies when there's a, another option available? He had Lazard. Lazard was coming open, basically the exact same play that we just saw Christian Watson and Lazard run. Romeo Dobbs and Lazard are running it. The biggest difference, though, is there's no safety here. So now he's looking at it saying, if Dobbs can get behind him, there's nobody there. 
So he launches it. Fortunately, and, and probably the reason it was overthrown was illegal contact. He kind of grabbed him a little bit and slowed him down just enough. That ends up getting called. That makes it first and 10 from the 37-yard line, our 37. Next play. Now get this. We haven't run the ball very much, right? Aaron Jones got the three-yard run that wasn't first and 10. There are eight men in the box. We're going to run it with A.J. Dillon. They got Christian Watson coming across the formation. Unfortunately, again, it's man coverage, so the linebackers don't move. So we got five guys down on the line of scrimmage, three linebackers. It looks like this play is going absolutely nowhere. All the defensive linemen have compressed this little pocket. None of them have budged even a little bit. And you got linebackers standing an inch behind each of those guys. It's going nowhere. A.J. Dillon bounces it to the outside, which I'll be honest, I don't know if that wasn't the intention anyways, because you got Randall Cobb on that side of the field blocking down the field. But he takes off and runs for 11 yards. They stacked the box. We ran the ball. We got 11 yards. Next play was a little weird. They used Christian Watson, just sent him down, go route down the sideline. But he doesn't look like he's really intending to catch the ball. He kind of starts jogging once once his corner, you know, once that corner is 30 yards down the field, he just kind of standing around a little bit. Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, nobody else is really open. Rodgers has to break the pocket, scramble drill with uh, Randall Cobb, ruled incomplete, challenged it, found out it was complete. 10-yard gain, or actually a 12-yard gain. 14-yard gain? I don't know. I thought we were on their 48. We were on our 38. Yeah, 14 yards. First and 10, Giants 38-yard line. So just, just think about this for a minute. Our defense actually got off to a great start. We got a sack on Rashawn. On, on Rashawn Gary got a sack on the first play. Multiple opportunities to get off the field. Now our offense is driving right down the field. It doesn't feel like the game is lost yet. We're more than halfway through the third quarter, and it still feels like this is the Packers are the better team here. And remember, they just got a field goal. Certainly not the end of the world. It's 13-20. to 20. We're driving down the field. All is well. Next play is a run play that's just a complete disaster from the start. Basically, nobody did anything useful. Josh Myers against Dexter Lawrence is just an unfair thing. That's that's not work. He's also got a really tough spot. He's shaded to Dexter's left shoulder. He needs to wall off Dexter so he can't get to the right. So he needs to go from his left shoulder over to his right to prevent him from, because he wants to create a wall to Dexter's right, and it just it doesn't work. Dexter's just like, nah, get out of my way, stupid immediately grabs uh, Josh Myers and peeks over Josh's left shoulder, which is where the run's supposed to go. Then you have a double team with John Runyon and Josh Myers on number 93, the defensive tackle. The point is, Josh takes on Dexter, Josh and Runyon take on 93, and then Runyon disengages, gets the linebacker, and there's your gap. Well, that doesn't work. 93 and 97, Lawrence and whoever 93 are, completely compress the pocket. 93 pushes Josh like he's not even there. And then to make matters worse, when, when um, Aaron Jones sees that and tries to bounce it through the other gap to Yash's left shoulder, Tyler Davis is blocking 53, the edge rusher. He gets absolutely crushed. So Josh Myers lost, Yash lost, Tyler Davis lost. Runyon is again supposed to get up to the next level, and I just see him falling down trying to block a linebacker, and he can't do it, or a safety or whatever that is. up. He does a good enough job to kind of push him out of the way, but again, none of our guys are just locked horns with any of their guys. Their guys are making moves to get around our guys. Our linebackers don't do that, especially Quay. I'm going to stand here and just lock horns with you, and we'll see how it goes. I'm still annoyed by that, if you can't tell. So that was a complete offensive failure on that play, offensive line failure. That was a two-yard play. It's now second and eight from the 36-yard line. Next play was a play that, according to Dusty, was designed to go to Christian Watson. Again, it's a very similar route, but this time it looks like Dobbs is trying to clear out for Christian Watson, because this time, Instead of having Lazard there, who gets caught from behind, if Christian catches it, he can probably take it to the house. 
Now, according to what Dusty Evely said, this is designed so that as soon as Rodgers gets to the top of his drop, boom, boom, he's supposed to throw the ball, and Christian Watson's not out of his break yet, and as I can see it. I have it paused right at when Rodgers gets to the top and he wants to throw it, and I can see Christian's shoulder pads. He's getting yanked on. Now, these are the plays where they should be throwing penalties, but are not. But here, here's my issue. He sees that he's not out of his break and says, never mind, and then decides he's going to throw it to Romeo Dobbs. So he launches it. The problem is Dobbs is double team. If you're going to take a second hitch and throw it somewhere, throw it to Watson. You don't need to come off it. He has time in the pocket. He just decided screw that guy and threw it into double coverage in hopes that Dobbs can go get it. Watson is going to come out of that break. He's going to run and he's going to come wide open. I, 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 may, I maybe that's just not how it works. You go first read, second read, first read's not there. Go to my second read, you know, because we gotta gotta try to make a play here. But I'm just looking at it at the situation and saying you got two two options. Christian is going to come out of his break and is going to be running in a foot race with some other guy. Dobbs is in a foot race with somebody, but also has safety help over the top. And Rodgers either either threw the worst ball in the world or just kind of threw it away because Christian wasn't there. And maybe that's what happened. He saw Christian wasn't there. He saw Dobbs was double covered and said, no, I'm just going to throw this thing away. And he launched it. I don't know why you can't wait. You can throw it away later. Christian's going to be running. I mean, if, if Christian's not open, throw it away the other direction. Give it a second. Just wait a minute. And then the next play, can, 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 whatever that means. There's no running back, so he's not changing from run to pass or pass to run. But they didn't even bring extra pressure. They only had four guys on that play, which makes it even more painful. So it's four guys against our five. And Lazard looks like he's about to come wide open. Rodgers is already on the ground by the time that happens. But Lazard coming over the top. Again, he's got, it's man coverage. His jersey was also getting pulled. That doesn't get called. Their sack doesn't get erased. He pulls through. Even though he's, he's getting held back, he pulls through in a very obvious jersey pull. But again, Rodgers is on the ground before he even comes out of his break. And it was Royce Newman that just got absolutely embarrassed. I mean, Dexter just bench-pressed him and almost got him airborne into Aaron Rodgers instantly. I mean, it, it, it is basically a free rusher. There was no impedance to him getting to Rodgers whatsoever. And Elton Jenkins was nice enough to give him even a little bit of help. Kind of got an arm in there for him for a second before he got over to Kayvon Thibodeau. Josh Myers was getting kind of wrecked, too. Not sure he would have been able to hold up long enough for uh, Rodgers to be able to throw a pass. So I don't know. The offensive line just freaking collapsed on that play. Again, we had Lazard coming open. It probably would have been a first down, but offensive line can't block. Specifically, Royce Newman just just got embarrassed. So now we got a uh, punt. Phenomenal punt by our special teams unit. Pat O'Donnell got it inside the 10-yard line. Highlight of the game. I'll tell you what, let's take a break here. It's not quite the fourth quarter. We got halfway through this drive before we get to the fourth quarter. But this is a very long and unfortunate drive. So patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast directly. You can support what I do here for as little as a dollar a month. Also, please remember to donate to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find them at fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view 
on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the next series for the New York Giants is, uh, let's see, a 15-play drive that starts at the New York Giants' 8-yard line and is an 8-minute, over 8-minute drive. First play is a quick pass to to Saquon Barkley. Devondre Campbell makes a great play, tackles him. Kind of a bad decision by the Giants, I would say. I suppose you, you like his odds in a foot race against Devondre Campbell, but we've been kind of in man coverage against these guys all day. So as soon as he takes off running, Quay Walker goes over running, and there's nobody there to like block him or anything. So it's just a free shot on Saquon. He actually ends up losing a yard. So again, eight-yard line kind of, I guess, seven-ish, eight-ish yard line, second and 11. Pretty good situation here for our defense to get off the field. Next play, they're going to boot out Daniel Jones, and I think this is entirely on Stokes. They're playing zone. They, they've got a man in motion. They kind of pass off to the right. Stokes stays to the left side of the defense, and so my assumption is his zone is to stay over on this side of the field. So as guys are leaking out to that side, they should be Stokes' responsibility. I don't know why he feels the need to sprint to the other side of the field, but by the time he realizes what's happening, he's all the way to the middle of the field, and Devondre Campbell, is he's, he's, he's over by where the linebackers were. Rashawn Gary almost blows up the play, can't get there in time. Stokes is way out of position. If he was in position, this is a nothing play. This, this play actually gets blown up. Because if Stokes is there where he's supposed to be, in zone defense, stay in your zone, don't go running across the field for some random reason, then he stays on this guy. Daniel Jones can't throw it. There's nobody else to throw to. Nobody. The only thing he could do is plant his feet and try to look back the other direction. Nobody's open over there. 
and Rashawn Gary's about to take him, so all he's going to do is run and throw it away. So it would have been third and 11. Stokes blew it up, right? 11 guys on the field. 10 of them did their job, one of them didn't, and it's the one guy you need to do their job. This is, again, where you look at it and say, this, this defense sucks. No, one guy made one mistake. That's all it takes to blow this thing up. Again, first play of the last drive was a sack. There's a good chance we get off the field there. Right here, you're talking third and 11 on your own eight-yard line. Stokes made a mistake. Not the defense as a whole, not Joe Barry. It was a perfect play call. Perfect play call. I think they were actually expecting man coverage because if you send, if you would have sent him in motion, Stokes would have run to the other side of the field and then you run this play. And it's hard for the linebackers to be able to come and, and stop this. But the fact that it's zone makes it really tricky because Stokes is just going to stay home. Except he didn't. <laughs> so I can't, I cannot for the life of me understand that. The fact that he's so out of position that Adrian Amos is able to get there first, that's crazy. But it is a 13-yard pickup on 2nd and 11, so now it's 1st and 10 on the 21-yard line. And I kind of feel like at this point is when things are really falling apart, right? You, you, you can start with that play. At that point, this defense is demoralized and things are really going downhill fast. Next play, Daniel Jones rushes for 14 yards. This is the play that should have been holding on the offense. There's like six different flags on the field. It is a penalty on Rizul Douglas. Defensive holding, five yards. So tack five yards on to the end of that. It's 19 total yards after Daniel Jones scrambles. And as far as like who's to blame for the scramble, I don't know. It's hard to blame anybody because you look across the everybody's winning, but they're all winning by getting behind the quarterback. Everybody's trying to get around behind the quarterback to win. So there's nobody in front of them. It's kind of the issue. So I guess it would be Kenny and, and Dean Lowry. Because Rashawn is winning around the edge, but he steps up where Kenny was. Kenny's winning too, but he's winning around behind the quarterback. You can't have three guys behind the quarterback. Garvin is also behind the quarterback. He's not winning, but he decided to try to get behind the quarterback. So when three guys are behind the quarterback and one guy, Dean Lowry, is literally laying on his face with an offensive lineman on top of him, it's not a good situation. And then again, you have uh, Quay took off running because I think the running back came up. So it's Devondre Camp. Campbell kind of stops for a minute to do the whole goalie thing from 10 yards away. Daniel Jones sprints to the sideline, and it's a foot race to the end, so it's kind of a disaster. Again, you, you have a complete mental breakdown by Stokes. Then you have a complete collapse, which is actually kind of a good play. You know, three guys, two guys, I guess, won and got to the quarterback, but you all also left a massive hole for him to run through, and then you have a penalty on top of it. Next play is a pitch to the left. Once again, Slayton just does a beautiful job taking the center. I think it's the center. Maybe it's the right guard. I don't know. But just completely pushing him all the way down the field. So much so that Breida decides to try to come in behind it. And when he does that, the offensive lineman keeps going in the wrong direction. Slayton is just standing there by himself. Just nose to nose with the running back. Ends up making a great tackle. Actually, they, they give credit to Quay Walker and Jaron Reed. Those two guys just played cleanup because Slayton kind of let him slip away for a half a second. Quay did a decent enough job, I guess, but but again, he just he gets off some guys, but he's still just standing there. He's not like moving forward. It's almost like he plays safety for the for the for the run game. Is is sort of what his role is. Just don't let guys get behind you. So weird. Anyways, it's a one yard loss. Again, Jaron Reed and Quay Walker get the credit for it. That was a hundred and ten percent Slayton. Second and eleven. Now, just to set the stage here, remember what we do, and I haven't been doing a good job of tracking this enough, but. On the line of scrimmage, good play. Soft coverage, bad play. So they have three wide receivers. Two to the right, three to the left. Jair is manned up on the guy overall. I shouldn't say he's in man, I don't know. But he's over on the left, the offensive left side. He is 10 yards away. 
Same with the right side. The only one that's kind of close, it's about uh, one, two, three, four yards away. I can't tell if that's Razul. I think it's Razul on the slot. And the thing is, they're playing zone. So what you have is sort of this four guys. Four guys are deep. I don't know if it's quarters or whatever it is. doesn't matter to me. Four guys are playing just behind where the sticks are. So we're playing the Ben Don't Break defense. But the thing I hate about Ben Don't Break in this situation is we're willing to concede seven yards. If this was third down, fine. Second down? Why are you conceding seven yards? And that's exactly what they do. A guy comes free. He's five yards down the field. Two of our defenders, Jair and I think it's Amos, immediately recognize it and charge up there. Right when the ball's thrown. But they're still three yards away by the time he catches it. That's how far away they are. They're sprinting as soon as the quarterback's arm goes back. And from the time it takes for his arm to go back, to go forward, and for the ball to travel through the air, they're still three yards away. Remember, he's five yards down the field. So how far away are you that you're still three yards away by the time the ball gets to him? They tackle him pretty soon after. It's about an additional one yard. He kind of falls forward. There's nothing that the defense did wrong. Joe Barry just conceded seven yards. And the defense rallies to the ball, and they take it away. And, and the goal is, we'll, we'll just get to third down, and we'll hope to make a play. I just don't like that. Why don't you want to set up a third and long? That's when we're going to get off the field. Now it's a third and four. The biggest issue I have, and I haven't even looked at the next play, but here's the issue with third and four. Play action is going to destroy us. We have to be afraid of the run. Third and long, we don't. Right away, I see a running back, Brita, in the backfield. Go figure. Four wide receivers. They don't do play action. And as what usually happens, if they don't even try play action, our pass rush is getting there. Preston immediately get, beats his guy around the edge. He's right in the, in the hip pocket of Daniel Jones. As he's throwing the ball, again, you talk about stand in the pocket and deliver. Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are touching Daniel Jones at this point. I, I am 90% sure Aaron Rodgers would have broke the pocket and, and rolled out at this point. There, there's, there's a lane. There's, there's a very clear Rodgers lane right here. But you know what happens? Nobody's open at that point. He stands there and says, I got a guy right here, and he throws and again, we're playing zone. We got Savage probably 10 yards behind the sticks. Jair standing about three yards behind the guy who's three yards behind the stick. I mean, it's just, again, as soon as the ball's thrown, they rally to it and they can't get there in time because they're too far back. I really hate to just mirror the we should play man defense thing, but our pressure's going to get there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not a man thing, but I, I just, I don't understand when you, when you call a play, and maybe it's just the offense is calling the exact right plays at the exact right time, but they're finding these open holes instantly. Our pressure could not get there any faster, and there's still a guy wide open. We got guys just standing way too far off. Jair closes instantly. Savage is there instantly, but there's nothing they could have done. They ran as soon as his arm started moving, and they didn't get there in time. So on third and four, they pick up 11. There's, there's no choice but to put that on Joe Barry. I can't look at a single person on our defense and say, yeah, you dummy. Not one. Everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do. The defensive line won across the board. The guys playing zone were in zone. They were where they were supposed to be. Maybe they were supposed to be a little closer. I don't know exactly where on the field they're supposed to stand, but they certainly seemed to think they were in the right spot. They weren't moving. But I don't know how you draw up a defensive play where you have giant gap under the safeties beyond the sticks. Seems weird to me. Next play again, they've got a designed run up the middle from Daniel Jones. I don't even remember him doing it all that often. This time, by the way, Quay Walker, fantastic. He doesn't wait. Now, by the looks of it, he may have been, maybe he was supposed to be a delayed blitz. <laughs> but he actually does a great job. He tries to go after the quarterback. The quarterback runs up the middle, so he's actually out of position. So I should be mad, but I'm not. He forces 
Daniel Jones to, to go only one way. Our defensive tackles are right there, but on, not only that, Quay is actually able to get back around. The offensive lineman has to hold him, and he is being held. His jersey's being pulled. He can't get free. Again, it doesn't get called because the refs are just not calling anything that they're doing wrong. But he's actually able to get back around the other side and help to make a tackle. If he's being asked to play soft, to, to stand there, that is to his detriment because he has some real incredible ability. He has speed. He has power. He has strength. His ability to hold off offensive linemen, to shed them, to throw them around is pretty incredible. But just standing there is, is a complete waste of his abilities. So three-yard gain, second and seven. Again, Daniel Jones runs, and again, I'm not exactly sure. The only thing I could think is we got to do a better job compressing the pocket because there are just these massive gaps. And if there's somebody to blame, it's probably Dean. Not only are the two defensive tackles standing way too far apart from each other, but once Dean, once the, he sees that it's a play action and he actually still has the ball, he's like, oh, I'm going to try to get the quarterback. So he, again, tries to run around. Dude, you got to stop thinking of him as just a pure passer, and if I could just get around this guy, it's going to be fine. You leave him a massive gap, he's going to run through it. But Quay Walker, who's standing way too, I mean, not too far off, I'm not saying he did something wrong, he's dropped so far in coverage, he sprints toward Daniel Jones, he does end up making a tackle, but it's way too late, he gets eight yards on second and seven, first down. Next play, Preston absolutely saves the day. Kenny, I think, made a bad call. He, he made an adjustment on the line, had him shift to the left, the defensive left, and they ran to the defense's right. Kenny then swim, tries to do a swim move. I think he's expecting it to be a play-action pass, and if it was, he would have killed the guy. He swims to the left. So if you picture this, Kenny is going way to the left. The offensive line is completely washed Aaron Reed off to the right. There is a hole that you could drive a freight train through. Fortunately, Preston Smith is able to come off his block and blast this dude, which is great, because there's a lot of daylight there. By the way, Quay kind of did that thing that I've been saying this whole time. Now, granted, the offensive lineman just tries to dive at his leg, but Quay is moving laterally. He takes the hit, he gets his feet back, and he's able to re-engage without an offensive lineman in front of him. As long as you're moving, you've got a shot. If you're just standing there, you have no shot. But anyways, it ends up being a two-yard gain again because Preston does a fantastic job. So, well, it says two-yard gain, but it says second and nine. So I don't know. One and a half-yard gain, I guess. Second and nine, 30-yard line of the Packers. Next play, honestly, you know, once in a while you see a play and you just have to say, I think the offense just did a good job. It's a 16-yard pickup, Daniel Jones to Marcus Johnson, and I don't really know what could have happened that would have been much better. Kenny Clark comes basically completely free. It's a pass play. He beats his guy instantly and starts running at Daniel Jones. We're playing zone defense pretty pretty soft, but even so, I think it's it, it ends up beating man because you got a guy just sprinting across the field. Daniel Jones under pressure just runs to his right. I mean, it's just it's just a perfect, It's it's everything is perfect. They've got a, a, a wide receiver clearing out our safeties in our corner. So you have a guy running behind our linebackers, and then again, they, they push the safeties back so there's a clear lane across the field, which is the exact direction Daniel Jones is running. The only thing that could have saved this, I think we had Kingsley to the right side, if it was maybe Rashawn out there, and he's able to beat um, his guy, maybe there's not a place for Daniel Jones to run and roll to his right. But the point is, I mean, he rolled to his right, and there's just based on play design, if you just wrote down these are the plays, you're going to look at that and say, yeah, 84 is going to come free. There's nobody that could have done anything. The only thing is maybe the linebackers get a little deeper, but th th this is going to win 10 times out of 10, no matter what the team is, no matter who the defenders are, who the offense is. You either get to Daniel Jones and take him down, or he's going to complete this pass. And again, when you're watching it live, you see Stokes come up and make a tackle and go, Stokes, you're an absolute jerk. Stokes was covering the other guy. 
Stokes was was running with the guy on the right side that was you know being cleared out or whatever. And after the ball was thrown, he doubled back and made the tackle. Stokes wasn't covering the guy. He just happened to make the tackle. So again, I just have to put it on bad defensive call. And I'm not even saying, you know, it's just in hindsight that that defensive call was never going to work unless we were able to get pressure. They just called the right play at the right time. Daniel Jones rolls out, completes a wide open pass. That's it. I don't know what else to say about it. First and 10 from the Packers 14 yard line, three yard gain. Again, who's there? TJ Slayton. I'll tell you what, I don't know what TJ Slayton's grade was. He is, he is the star of the game as far as I'm concerned. I've never seen a guy dominate run defense the way Slayton has in this game, in my life. Not that I've actually watched a whole lot of All-22 in my life, but the times that I have, including Kenny Clark, just as consistently as he, as he has. I mean, Kenny, Kenny will wreck some stuff, especially in pass rush and everything else. He, he, this is the most dominant run defense performance I've seen. The guy will not be moved. He throws people out of the way. He makes an instant stop. It's a three-yard gain, but basically he just ran until he hit Slayton, and, that, and then it was over. You want to talk about a bright spot in this game? If, if Slayton can stay, and he played a lot. Haven't seen this much Slayton in a while. So let's hope we see more Slayton and he can keep doing this. Next play is a, uh, was it four-yard pass? Four-yard pass. I think this is a, a Quay lapse in judgment. Um, they're playing zone. Kenny's able to beat his guy instantly, but I kind of think that's on purpose because the guy that was blocking him is the tight end that catches the pass. And I think what kind of confused Quay a little bit is he forgot that there were two tight ends on the end. He's kind of playing zone in the, on that side of the field in the middle of the defense, and he starts getting a lot of depth because the tight end got behind him. Now, he's got help over the top. You got Amos there. You got, I think, Savage is also there. And I think you got uh, Jair. So they're fairly well covered. But he's getting a little extra depth, which, as mad as you want to be, the last play that went for 16 yards, if Devondre Campbell had a little bit more depth, he probably can't throw it. Not blaming Devondre. I don't, I'm not saying he should have just sprinted backwards. In this case, Quay's like, nope, you're not doing that. He thinks everybody in front of him is an offensive lineman, so he starts heading right back to the goal line, not realizing that there's still a tight end. He leaks out, and Quay looks like he about buckles his legs <laughs> when he realizes it, trying to turn around and go tackle him. And he's so far away that he's not actually able to make the tackle. Kingsley and Igbare sprints and tackles him from behind. Or was that Rashawn? That is... I was going to say, that <laughs> that was really fast for Kingsley. No, that was Rashawn flying through the air and tackling him. But yeah, I think, I think that was a Quay lapse. I think he caught the ball right about where Quay should have been standing. Quay, I think, just lost. Didn't realize there's still another tight end on the end there and just started getting way too much depth. Again, that's my assumption. I don't know. But they're doing a great job of putting you in damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because again, that 16-yard pass, you should have been deep. This time, Quay starts getting depth. They come in underneath you. Anyways, it's third and three from the seven-yard line. Play action pass, but play action isn't working as well anymore. This is, a, this is several times in a row they've tried play action, and our guys are actually still getting pressure. So that's that's good on them. Maybe it's because they're doing a good job in, in run defense lately with Slayton and whatnot. I mean, the last couple runs, run for three yards, run for two yards, run for three yards, um, run for negative one yard. I mean, not including the running back scramble. That's it. That's all. That they've got not gotten more than three yards on a run. This has all been passing, and, and Daniel Jones runs. So the play action has not been as effective, which you would think is a massive benefit. Also, Saquon's not out there, so that, <laughs> that explains both of those things, not biting on play action and, and running not being as effective. But Daniel Jones again, again immediately rolls out to his right, which neutralizes almost the entire field. And again, it's one of those things where you're, you're basically playing with about four, four guys on each, each team. Daniel Jones has three receivers at three different levels. We've got one guy, I don't know if it's Jaron Reed maybe, who's getting after the quarterback. 
Rashawn Gary runs up and blasts the underneath receiver. I don't know if that's a running back or what. Just absolutely levels him. At least he tries to, and then he falls down. The other guy doesn't. Quay recognizes where he's supposed to go. Kind of just takes off in a sprint, but it's a little bit too late. I mean, he's there to at least make a, a, a tackle and prevent a touchdown. But again, it's like you look at it and go, what What should he... I, I guess he should have left a little sooner, but I don't think he breaks up the pass. I don't know. I don't know. Th- th- this just seems like their offensive coordinator is whooping Joe Barry. That that would be the best assessment I have. There's been a couple mistakes, a couple lapses, but this is just the Giants are absolutely putting together some great game plans. And you got to remember, this is like the worst second half team in football playing the best second half team in football. That probably has a lot to do with adjustment. They are making adjustments to beat what we're doing on defense. And that's what I'm seeing. That's why the first half, it was like, oh, this guy messed up, that guy messed up. It's very easy to see who made the mistake. Right now, I don't really see a whole lot of mistakes. I just see great play calls. Again, if Quay and by the man, they, they're I keep mentioning Quay because they're just picking on him like every single play. It, it seems to me they identify him as a weakness because they just go at him every time. I mean, that last play, they threw it where Quay was supposed to be. This play, they throw it on the guy Quay's at. Every time they run, they run at Quay. And you can tell he's really getting frustrated. He made that tackle and he's just sitting there like, this sucks, man. <laughs> the only thing I could think is he was supposed to read that guy earlier. Again, there's a tight end on the line. That's your guy. You needed to get over there. You're too busy looking at all the trickery and everything to, to know where you're supposed to be. I don't know. The next play reminds me of what, what I was talking about in the first, the first part of the game where everything just looks beautiful. They're, they're doing all this kind of guys coming underneath, going over there. Everybody knows their assignments. Everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Jair's playing man coverage on one side. He's obviously blanketed. You've got a couple guys on the other side that are passing off and they're doing a great job. Nobody's confused. Everybody knows who they're supposed to cover. And when you do that, it's impossible for the Giants to do anything because they don't actually have, they've got three guys running routes and we have one, two, three, four, five guys in coverage. As long as they know where they're supposed to be and who they're supposed to be guarding and protecting, there's nothing there. On top of that, you got Preston coming off the edge because he tried to roll out, which which is, makes it hard for your offensive lineman to protect. Everybody's covered. All three of their guys are, are perfectly blanketed. Preston gets up, actually shoves the guy, and Daniel Jones just has to throw it away. So great play call and, and execution. And, and listen, I genuinely believe we have the guys to execute. There's some questions about Quay. Stokes obviously made a mistake, and there's a couple tackling errors or whatever, but I feel like when, when the right play call is being made, our guys are making plays. Most of the time. Not every time, but most of the time. And the next play, they just play some big boy football, two yards up the middle touchdown. And again, it's kind of hard to know who to blame. It looks like everybody did their job. They held their ground, and then the pile just started moving. You know, that's the problem when you don't make a tackle. You know, you, you can Kenny Clark and uh, TJ Slayton held their ground. Uh, Devondre Campbell was right there, and they, they just they weren't being moved. And then as time goes on and the guy's not being tackled and everybody's legs start churning and more offensive linemen come in and start pushing, it's just it's going to be a touchdown. So I don't know. Is what it is. Anyways, then the Packers get the ball back. And th- this is sort of the issue I was talking about in terms of you, you got to, that was a really, really, really long drive. The defense is completely gassed. You got to put together a drive. Packers go three and out here. And yes, it's three straight passes. So there's, there are eight guys in the box. We have a safety that drifts down. And interestingly enough, you have the safety and a linebacker both run after Aaron Jones when he goes out into the flat. So I have to assume that's a mistake, unless they're actually double covering <laughs> Aaron Jones with a safety and a linebacker. The real frustrating part of the play, though, because everything kind of seems to be going great, because now you got six guys actually standing in the box, four rushers, two guys guarding Aaron Jones in the flat, single high safety. And again, what does Rodgers do? Does he, you know, 
wait for any of these routes to develop. No, he just launches up a ball to Lazard well before you can see anything. I mean, is, is Lazard behind the defense? The defender is two yards past, past where Lazard is, deeper down the field. What the heck is this? And the worst part is Romeo Dobbs comes wide open. He'd have to wait a minute. Maybe he wouldn't have had time for it. I don't know. But Dobbs is, Dobbs is open, and he's got a ton of green grass. But I think Rodgers panicked because Kayvon Thibodeau is getting around the edge. He's beating Elton Jenkins, and Josh Myers is losing to Dexter Lawrence. So he says, I don't have time. I got to throw the ball. I can't be waiting for Dobbs and, or, or Tunyon to come open here. And he's probably right. He probably would have had to have reset somewhere else to be able to get the ball to Dobbs. And, and in this case, he probably should have, you know, because, again, there's nothing there with Lazard. Pull the ball. I mean, the other side of the line, David Bakhtiari and John Runyon, those guys are so blocked out of there, it's, it's a joke. And it kind of looks like Mercedes Lewis was, let me look from the other angle, it looks like Mercedes Lewis might have been trying to slip out. Yeah, he did. So if he would have just tucked the ball and, and, first of all, he could have tucked the ball and ran and probably gotten a first down on them. But even if he just steps up in the pocket, rather than just saying, I just got to launch it and hope Lazard gets it, he's got Dobbs coming open free. He's got Mercedes Lewis running out into the flat. He's got so much green grass, it's stupid. But instead, he throws up just an absolute, I don't know what it is, to Lazard. Now, Lazard is asking for a penalty, and I think there absolutely should have been one. You have a corner that just truck-sticked him as he's running down the field. But again, we've already established they will not throw penalties in our favor, so doesn't matter. So that was the first play. Our off- two offensive linemen lost. Rodgers panicked, launched a ball up to Lazard. Lazard got hit when he was about 15 yards down the field. Somebody literally just like laid a shoulder into him which you're not allowed to do. And so he was nowhere near where the ball was. Probably wasn't going to be completed anyway. So Elton Jenkins, Royce Newman killed that before it began. Rodgers should have kept it. He had Mercedes Lewis running wide open on the the side of the, uh, in the flat. Dobbs was coming open in the middle of the field. Just, just stupid. You know, you're just looking across the board like, what the heck is everybody doing? Now, second and 10, we have a light box with Aaron Jones in the backfield. We have Five men on the line, one linebacker. That's a six-man box. They run play action. Cobb streaking across the field. Unfortunately, not quite well enough. Fantastic play by the defender to get his hand in there and bat the ball away. Pass couldn't have been any more perfect. It just was not enough separation, and the corner breaks it up. By the way, Dobbs was held on that play also. He beat the guy to the inside. You can see his left or his right hip get tugged on. He turns around, waves at the receiver at the ref like, what the heck? Doesn't matter. That one, that one was a little flimsy, but again, it's, it's, it's every play at this point, and it's really getting frustrating. It's, I'm really getting tired of watching it. But, the, I mean, the, one of the worst parts about it is the play action works so beautifully. Everybody bit. You got, a, you got the one linebacker and the one safety to buy. So now you have basically man coverage and a safety that dropped really deep. He was off the screen. I couldn't even see it. So all we needed was a guy to win. And, and again, I think if Rodgers waits another second, Dobbs is going to be wide open, even after getting held. But he feels like Cobb has enough space, throws a perfect ball, gets, gets knocked down. Now I'm also feeling like the creativity is just gone. I mean, we, th- this, again, this is, this, is like, this is what makes me think Aaron Rodgers is in control because this is such a Rodgers play. They're trying to get 20 yards on a third and 10. They've got Lazard running a go route. The worst part about this, though, Romeo Dobbs gets tackled from behind on this play. He stands up and starts jumping around, waving his hands like, are you freaking kidding me? The corner tackled him from behind. No penalty. There's nobody else on the field. Randall Cobb and Romeo Dobbs are standing next to each other. What is everybody looking at that nobody saw that? But again, there's, there's no creativity. It looks like Dobbs and Cobb are running like the exact same route from the same, same side of the field. I, I, maybe, maybe Dobbs ran the wrong route, although it's hard to tell because, again, he got tackled. But this is just, 
when, when you got, we, we've got like man-to-man coverage with no safety help. You know how easy it would be to just run some real quick man beaters? We're not doing that. Everybody's running deep route. Why? It would be so easy with the way that they're playing defense right now to pick up a quick five, six, seven, eight yards. Now, on third and 10, you can't necessarily do anything about it, but what happened to first down? What happened to second down? Why are we doing all this? Of course, he launches a deep shot down to Lazard again. Lazard probably could have, would have, should have caught this. The way the defender was turned around, if he just kind of, I don't know, I, I think he could have caught it. It's hard to catch, but I think, well, Devontae 100% would have caught it. I don't know. It's just an awkward attempt at everything, and everything's just a disaster right now. Offensive line did a good enough job. Rodgers had a, a tight pocket to stand in, but again, I think he just, he never took his eyes off Lazard. It, it didn't matter what anybody else was doing because he just, that's the way he was looking the whole time, so it didn't matter. Uh, and then you get another unbelievably frustrating play. The ball bounces off on a punt. The ball bounces off one of the Giants players. Um, one of our guys, I think, who was it, Nixon? I think it was Nixon. I don't remember, but he jumps on it and just can't hold on to it, and the ball goes out of bounds. Giants get it. And then again, this is the long, another long drive after we go three and out, so our guys are tired. They get the ball on the 40-yard line instead of us getting the ball on the 40-yard line. It's actually beautifully executed by our defense the first play. Um, looks like they're trying to do... Packers have done this a couple times. You do a fake screen to one side and then go the other way, and they actually faked it to Saquon. I guess I don't know how much credit I want to give our defense because we left Saquon pretty wide open. <laughs> but on the other side is where we actually wanted to run the sc- screen with the intention obviously being we're all going to attack Saquon and then this guy will be wide open. We blew this up. The offensive linemen were being held up by our guys. Uh, Devondre Campbell gets in there and blows up. Uh, Matt Breida instantly, no game. Next play was the giant play that I'd referenced before, 41-yard pass to Saquon Barkley. That was pretty clearly Quay Walker's assignment. Um, Dan, uh, I don't know why I can never remember Devondre Campbell's name. Devondre sees him running across his face, points over to Quay saying, hey, go get him. Quay, for some reason, thinks he's in man coverage with a tight end. Once the pass goes to Saquon, he's just completely by himself. Savage comes up to try to make a play. He whiffs. Quay catches him from behind 41 yards down the field. So Quay, Quay Walker just completely blew that up. Again, Savage missed a tackle. I, I, I at least appreciate that he took off like a rocket. This, this is the concern, by the way. We get, we get mad, like, why are you standing back playing goalie? Why is Amos running away? Well, if you miss, you miss big. But I'd rather you take your shot and try to make a stop. He took a shot. Saquon juked him, made him miss, whatever. Shouldn't have been a catch in the first place. Quay is just having a... Uh, yeah, I mean, this This is it's amazing how much of the damage has been done because of Quay Walker. Next play, Matt Breida runs for 10 yards. Again, they're running right at Quay Walker. Again, Quay Walker just stands there, doesn't actually try to do anything, and the offensive lineman's easily able to get up to him. Again, Darnell Savage actually comes down and fills the gap better than Quay does. Unfortunately, somebody blocks him in the back and pushes him just enough out of the way so that he can't make a play. At that point, Quay decides he wants to get involved. Not actually in a position to make a tackle, but he goes to the left because that's generally the area where he wants to go. Well, the running back just goes behind the offensive lineman and gets blocked all over again. At that point, you got Eric Stokes, you got Amos Deep, you got Kenny from behind. Everybody's kind of converging around the area. But, um, you know, again, the way we're playing defense, it's Kenny Clark is shaded between the center and the guard. Dean Lowry is shaded between the guard and the tackle, which leaves a gap where between the, the guard and the tackle, there's nobody. There's nobody there except Quay Walker. So I can almost tell you right away what's going to happen if it's a run play. The tackle's going to come up and take Dean. The center and guard are going to double-team Kenny. The guard's going to release off Kenny and get up to to Quay. It's up to Quay to get up and fill that gap instantly. Again, I don't know what he's being told to do, 
But for whatever reason, he's standing there waiting to kind of react to what happens. And what happens every single time is a guard runs right up to him and blocks him. 10-yard gain. Because listen, Dean does a good job of, of holding his ground, and Kenny absolutely blows the guy up, but somebody has to come in and actually clean up and make the tackle, and nobody's there to do it. Again, you got Savage trying. He's, he's flying up, trying to make a play. You got Preston trying to get around the edge to come around from behind to make a play. People are trying to do stuff. Next play, they run a keep again to Daniel Jones. He's going to run uh, out to the left side, tries to get around the edge. This time it's Kingsley Anikbare who bites on the, uh, the run fake, which makes sense because, again, if he hesitates, this is why I'm not mad at Kingsley. If he hesitates, he's not going to be able to make a play on Saquon. If everybody's hesitating for this potential play, Saquon and the running backs are going to absolutely eat us alive. One guy hesitated on that last play, Quay Walker, and it killed. If every single player hesitates, we don't stand a chance. Kingsley tries to make a play to stop the run. Quarterback keeps it and gets around the edge. You can sit here and say, well, it's your job to seal the edge. Okay, well, the problem, the, the hesitation is killing us. You can't hesitate. You have to rely on the guys on the outside making a play, and eventually they did. It was a four-yard pickup. Adrian Amos lays the wood to him. I don't know what else you're supposed to do. All I can tell you is I don't want Kingsley doing something different. You have to attack the running back when it's, when it's Saquon Barkley. Next play is a penalty. Illegal formation on Andrew Thomas. So now it's second and 10 on our 10-yard line. The next play is a six-yard completion. Again, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know. I have no idea. They're, we're playing zone. They find the open hole in the zone, and he throws it. What are we supposed to do? I guess the only thing is you, you want pass rush to get there quicker, but it's about two and a half seconds. Ball came out. I guess the, the, the thing that annoys me with zone, and I don't know what they're supposed to do exactly, but when you see a guy standing there, can you just go cover him? This whole, like, I'm going to stand close to him and see if you throw and then, you know, hopefully you're scared to throw it. He's not scared, and he's going to throw it, and it's going to be completed. You're not going to get there in time. Get closer to him. Is that, like, not your area? Is, are you worried somebody else is going to come up behind you? I don't understand. When, when zone works perfectly, guys are right there basically touching them. I don't understand this. We're going to kind of stand kind of close to him, but not super close to him, and hope that you just don't throw it, or if you do, I can jump it, except I can't, and I don't. I don't get that. So, again, second and ten, we essentially concede six, making it... Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. We can see... What happened? Oh, this was the unnecessary roughness on Razul Douglas when he slams the guy down, which I think is a stupid penalty, but also Razul needs to be smarter because as stupid as the rule is, it's still the rule. So first and 10 from the two, Saquon runs it in for a touchdown. They're running Wildcat. Stokes is supposed to get the edge. He isn't able to, but even if he does get the edge, I think he's going to be able to cut it back. I don't know if Rashawn Gary is going to be able to... I don't know. I, I, I just... I think this play was over before it started. It would have taken a Herculean effort from Rashawn Gary to blow this thing up. But I guess we'll never know because, again, Stokes forgot that he's supposed to get the edge and he doesn't get there in time and he gets around the corner touchdown. By the way, he is being held. At the end of the play, if you don't believe me, if you can't see it, look at Stokes' shoulder pads. You can see them because his jersey is pulled down over his shoulder pads. So maybe part of the reason he didn't get to the edge is because his shoulder pads are being ripped off. This is kind of crazy how many plays get missed. But anyways, last hurrah here, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's now 27 to 20. Packers drive all the way down from the uh, 25-yard line down to the 6-yard line. All the way down to the 6, but just can't quite finish. We'll real quick recap this, and then that'll probably just be the end of it. And I don't think we need to recap the disaster that was never going to be anything anyway. First play, and all I can see is Alan Lazard could not have been more open down the field. I don't know if he had the arm strength to get it there, but if he'd have seen it, it's, it's, uh, I can't promise you it's a touchdown because it'd have been a foot race, but man, he had these guys beat bad. And I don't, I don't, I don't get it. 
as I watched it a second time, this is, you know, I've been talking about pulling these tricky plays out of your back pocket, right? We need something big. This was it. I don't understand what Rodgers is doing. This is a play action. But the beauty of the play action is that the wide receivers go down like they're going to block, and then they release from those blocks, and that's how Lazard gets so wide open. I swear Rodgers is looking that direction. And I can tell, first of all, because you know everyone's like, oh, you can't tell where he's looking. I kind of can't. You can tell where his body is lined up. But beyond that, he's looking at Lazard coming free, and then you see him turn more to the right where Randall is. He decides he doesn't want to throw it to Lazard, who has got two steps on the guy behind him and is about level with the safety, who's still at midfield. So he's not going to get there. He decides to come off that and look at Randall, who's covered, and he says, oh, I guess I got to throw it away. Why didn't you throw it to Lazard? He's 20 yards down the field right now. You maybe have to throw it, what, 30 yards? We're talking air yards? It's not too far. And as he's running, he's even, he's even further away. At the time Rodgers releases the ball as he's throwing it out of bounds, Alan Lazard is five yards in front of the corner, and he's more than five yards away from the safety. He's about two yards in front of him, but probably about five yards to the you know away from him. I, I don't know that this isn't a touchdown. I don't know what Rodgers is looking at. Why did all day long he's looking at Lazard, sees him covered, and says, I'm gonna try it. This is the one time he's finally open and he doesn't throw it. I don't, I don't freaking get it, man. The play worked. But I'll tell you what else I see. I see him getting jittery in the pocket again. He does like a triple pump fake because um 55 is kind of beating Elton Jenkins a little bit. Not that it's that big of a deal. You got a clean pocket, but he does a triple pump fake and then starts falling away and launches a ball out of bounds. He's panicked. Elton's losing and he panics. Just freaking throw the ball to Lazard. Next play, six men in the box. We run the ball, something we forgot how to do for a long time. We decided to go back to it right away, pick up six yards. And the great but also awful thing about it is he he didn't follow the structure of the play because it broke down. But the point is, that's the benefit of, of even if you play with eight men in the box. Your, your blockers might not win. But give your running back an opportunity to make a play like the last time we saw A.J. Dillon about two quarters ago. There were eight men in the box. He went to the outside and got 11 yards. But that, got, that play got blown up real bad by Tunyon. He did a horrible job trying to block Kayvon Thibodeau. Was, if he was even able to do a decent job, um, this probably could have gone for a big play. But fortunately, Thibodeau is the only guy on the edge. So if you want to come to the inside, fine. Tunyon will just start blocking you the other, other way. Aaron Jones sees that, runs around behind his blocker and picks up the yard. Third and four, pretty good play call. Um, the, the Giants do a great job covering all our guys. Unfortunately, they made the mistake that we made a few times and not accounting for the end tight end. Our guys ran so far down the field. There is so much ridiculous amount of green grass. Robert Tunyon slips out. We drop the ball off to him, throw it to him at the line of scrimmage. He's able to get 14 yards just on wide open space. Once again, though, Royce Newman just got absolutely dog walked straight into Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's having such a bad... Yash got beat real bad off the edge by Kayvon Thibodeau. But Royce, I mean, it just, he just went straight back into Rodgers. It's so bad. So again, really no time to throw. He's kind of falling away, trying to lob a pass to Tunyon. If Tunyon gets his head around a second later, this isn't even completed. The offensive line does need to do a better job. As much as I want Rodgers to just kind of stand in, which he's doing here, but as much as I want that, it'd be nice to not even have to worry about it because our guys can block. Royce just, he never even slowed him down. Next play is a run to A.J. Dillon. Six men in the box, so no reason to to get away from it. A.J. Dillon once again decides not to follow the structure of the play. Maybe it was a good decision. I don't know, but kind of gets blown up. Ends up getting two yards. Actually, I think I'm, he might have had two options on this, but it kind of looks like, I think Josh Myers kind of screwed this up. 
He got beat so bad, I didn't even realize there was a hole there. But if you look at where the guard releases to, to get up to the next level, and he does a great job. So Elton Jenkins does a great job. Um, Royce does a good job getting up to the next level. Myers gets pushed all the way into Elton Jenkins, so that hole closes up, forcing Dylan to go back the other way. Myers, again, not having... I don't know. I don't think I've said anything positive about him this whole game. At least I said something positive about Royce. He got to a linebacker and blocked him. These guys are just getting whooped up front. Just period. And it's frustrating because you're seeing guys do it to us, getting up to the linebackers, creating holes. We're really struggling to do that. Anyway, second and eight, we throw a quick hitter to Randall Cobb. We've got three wide receivers to the left. You can see Rogers kind of calling something, but throw the quick pass to Randall Cobb, let the other two guys block. He picks up nine of the eight needed. So, you know, again, things are going relatively well. I wish Rogers would have thrown that ball to Lazard. We wouldn't even need to be worrying about any of this stuff. Wish the offensive line was blocking a little bit better, pass blocking and run blocking. But we're moving. It's now first and 10. We're at the 47-yard line. Pretty light box. We pitch it out to Aaron Jones. This linebacker, man, he's he kind of sniffed it out. He, he abandons the middle of the field and goes off the edge to where we're pitching the ball. It's almost like he read the play. Doesn't matter, though, because we were able to still execute. Mercedes Lewis takes that linebacker and just pushes him into next week. Yash doesn't do a super good job, but good enough to kind of slow the guy down. Aaron Jones is able to get away. Lazard does a great job blocking down the field. So Jones essentially is able to run until he finds a safety and goes down. That's pretty much all. From what I can tell, that's all run plays are able to really designed to do. Get you to the safeties. Second and two, quick hitter to Alan Lazard. Great route, great throw. Unfortunately, you just can't hang on to it. And they essentially go right back to it, except they do it with a little bit of depth because they give him, they gave him so much space. Again, this is the Giants doing what drives me nuts with the Packers. They gave him about 10 yards of cushion on third and two. So uh, for whatever reason, they must have been expecting some kind of a... I mean, it, let me go back. Couldn't they have just thrown a screen? <laughs> I mean, I guess he's about five yards behind the sticks. One, two, three, about eight yards off. I suppose if he sees him turn, he could probably close in time. But anyways, there's a massive amount of cushion. So Lazard starts running. DB starts backing up, giving him even more cushion. And then he just breaks to the sideline. It's it's real simple stuff. I don't know why, I don't know why defenses play this way. Honestly, they could have hit uh, Mercedes Lewis too. He just kind of broke through the defensive line, turned around, and was just standing there about two three yards deep. Nobody was there. They were playing again, playing that soft zone. They're too far back. But uh, took the shot to Lazard, and I, I, again, there's nothing the defense that the defense just was a, a victim of the defensive coordinator. I don't know what the point of that call was. They're just conceding the first down at that point. Next play, very similar. We're just taking taking advantage of this soft zone they're playing. They're playing off, so they just have him run a real quick slant, and he's just wide open for eight yards. I mean, they, they come in to make the tackle, but again, if you're going to concede eight yards, just take it every time they're going to give it. I don't, I don't understand. I would love to have um, Sam explain to me the thought process behind this, because I don't, I don't understand why, how that's ever going to work. So now it's uh, second and three after the eight-yard, well, eight-yard pickup, second and three, whatever, two-ish, three-ish. We're going to play action. You get the end to crash down on Aaron Jones. What happens? Robert Tunyon sneaks up. Quick pass to Tunyon. Lazard is out there blocked. You know, I got to be honest. This is not my recollection of how the game went at all. This offense looks great. It's creative. They're taking what the defense has given them. They're taking what they want. They're getting everybody involved. They didn't give up on the run. They're still running the ball. In fact, they got a bunch of runs coming up here. They didn't run when we wanted them to with two yards left, granted. But you, you look at the success rate and look at how many times you have to be successful just to score points. You make a couple mistakes, you're punting. You just got to be right over and over and over and over and over again in order to get points. But first and 10, seven men in the box, going to hand it to Aaron Jones. Again, the offensive line fails to block properly, but thanks to the Giants' 
over pursuit. Aaron Jones is able to cut it back and get seven yards on a busted play. And really, it's just, it's, it's almost like we're okay with, like, if, if, here's where we want to run. If you want to commit everything you've got to shutting that down, we're going to go the other way. And, and maybe that's the thought process behind keeping Quay back. You crash here, we can go the other way, and then now there's no linebacker to stop me. I don't know. But that's all it is. Aaron Jones tries to go that way. The linebacker crashes through that hole. So he's like, all right, I guess I'll just go around this way. But this is where things get to be unfortunate. Second and four, give to Aaron Jones. He gets two of the four. Very similar play to last time where it got blown up where he wanted to go. There was a big hole to the right. I think he probably could have got a first down on it, but Aaron Jones isn't able to cut fast enough to get around there. gets tripped up and goes down. But our offensive line just gets kind of washed away, not able to create the hole where it's supposed to be. Again, very uncharacteristic of Jones to not be able to hit the open hole that's there, that's, that magically appeared and uh, get the extra yard. So remember, we've run the ball twice in a row now. Aaron Jones got a seven. Aaron Jones got us two. Somehow we still have two yards. It's something to that effect. This is where we decided to pass twice. And you know, it's worth noting, a lot of people are talking about, well, you shouldn't run into a loaded box. There's eight men in the box. Mm, kind of. Remember what I said about how a lot of times plays come down to just three or four guys? There might technically be eight men inside the box, as in one, two, three, four, five, six guys down on the line and one linebacker. Technically, that would be eight. This is not a loaded box, in my opinion. If you look at it just from the middle of the field, Josh Myers and the two guards, there is one defensive tackle in front of them. The other defensive tackles are shaded to the outside of the guard. And again, one linebacker. And there's also a a safety kind of lurking. You can essentially allow the guys way off the edge to come free. We don't need to allocate resources there if we hand the ball off. I think this is a very easy running situation. You can call it eight if you want, but they're not, they're not stacking up the middle of the field. They're lining up six guys very, very wide, and they end up dropping one of the guys. They, they bring the linebacker, which wouldn't have hurt us that much if, uh, if it was a run play, because we're going to plan on trying to take him out. Anyway, if he's going to try to blitz through a hole, great. We'll we're not probably, it's not going to affect anything. But we, it ended up being seven when another guy dropped. But you know how this goes. He has Randall Cobb coming across the middle. Ball gets batted, tries to throw a ball up to Lazard for some random reason with two free rushers coming. That ball gets batted. That's about it. Then, then you got the kneel down. You got the, uh, the safety and the disaster that is trying to recover some points. But um, I, I don't know. It doesn't look nearly as bad and as disjointed when you go back and watch it. I think the Packers didn't capitalize as much as the Giants did. Uh, From the defensive side of things, again, there's really just a couple weak links that are causing problems. Um, And if, if, you know, that with bad play calling, which is a little bit unfair because it's also good play calling from the Giants standpoint, but somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. But I mean, offensively, most of the time we did drive down the field, didn't we? The first time we drove down, we got a field goal. Then we went three and out. Then we went down and got a touchdown. Then we went down and got a field goal. Or no, then we went down and got a touchdown. After that, we drove down and got a field goal. The next time we drove down the field, we got to within field goal range. We were at the 36 and got sacked. The next time, three and out. Then we went down the field, and again, we got down to the six. So in the second half, we drove into field goal range, three and out. And then we got down to the six. We only had three series. Twice we moved the ball fairly well. Once we went three and out. Bigger issue being the Giants held the ball forever. And that last drive obviously also took forever. So I don't know, man. It's, it's frustrating that so many little things went wrong. 
I think offensively, the offensive line didn't do a good enough job blocking, and Rodgers missed way too many opportunities. We didn't give the ball to the running backs who were doing a great job, but honestly, we didn't really need to. If Rodgers and the offensive line just did a better job, it would have been just fine. Very few passing plays you're looking at. I mean, there were a couple. Very few passing plays you're looking at it going, why didn't you just run? If you could have executed better, it would have been fine. So I'm not giving you all sunshine and rainbows like, hey, everything's going to be fine. I don't know. I mean, if if they do it again with just these minor mistakes and minor this and minor that, we're just going to keep losing. It's it's minor, but it's consistently making minor mistakes that are adding up to losses and and near wins. So they they just got a lot to clean up on a down-to-down basis. They just got to look more confident and competent, like they know what they're doing and then do it. But anyways, I've kept you here long enough. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.